We talked about it yesterday when it happened. Trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Franco Harris has it. And he's over. Franco Harris, the immaculate reception, goes in and scores. December 23rd, 1972, they were going to celebrate, and they still are, the 50th anniversary of that play in Pittsburgh at the stadium. Franco Harris passing away almost 24 hours ago at the age of 72. That play, that man, pretty important when you talk about pro football history. Kind enough to join us live this morning is the Chief Communications Officer with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. My friend Rich DeRozier's with us. And Rich, first of all, talk about the man because I had a chance to interview him a few times. I know you've been with him. One of the humblest of superstars oh. that you would ever meet. Rich? Maybe the humblest of superstars. And... Um... What a profound loss for, uh, you know, not just the sport of football and, and football fans and Steelers fans, but, but you said it, Ray, just the, the entire Pittsburgh community is mourning today. That is not an overstatement at all. Uh, the things that he did in the community, the, the causes that he supported, the, the charitable work that he did, uh, often unrecognized and, and uncelebrated just very privately. You know, he gave to people of his time. And um, that entire city really is in mourning right now. Franco's Italian army was very strong in the early to mid-70s. Rich, Hall of Famer, though. Talk about the football player of Franco Harris, Rich. Well, Franco, when he retired, was one of the most uh, productive running backs of all time. Still the most productive running back uh, in terms of uh, postseason uh, statistics and uh, you know four-time Super Bowl champion, uh, but Ray is as much as it was on the field, and certainly you know many of the Steelers will say that he was that final piece of the puzzle uh, that, that 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 put every that started to put everything together. Uh, it was that locker room presence. It was Franco the man, and uh, you know pretty quiet. Uh, there, there's lots of stories about how he rarely said anything, so that when he did, it it, it had a real impact on on the team. And, uh, there, there were times when he just, you know, told Bradshaw in the huddle, give me the ball, uh, because he felt like he could do something special or, 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 you know, just wanted to uh, carry that burden on his, on his big shoulders. And, uh, you know, the, the forever etched in history are all those accomplishments and, and in the immaculate reception, which, the entire city of Pittsburgh, the entire NFL was, was, is and was getting ready to celebrate. And that's what makes the timing just so profound and, and so shocking. Rich DeRosiers is with us, Chief Communications Officer with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, a lot of people forget that Franco was really a blocking fullback at Penn State for one Lydell Mitchell, but he proved to be pretty darn good with the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. Rich, when we talk about the immaculate reception, the NFL, <laughs> you guys look at this, has to be as one of the greatest plays in NFL history. And, you know, in a lot of polls and, and uh, a lot of things have been written about it and, and in many ways considered the greatest play in history. It, it came in a playoff game. It decided the outcome. Uh, it has been hotly debated for now 50 years. You know, did, did the ball touch the ground? Uh, was the ball illegally touched by Frenchie Fuqua first before, you know, even if Franco does catch it cleanly, which I 
think he did. I'm not sure the Raiders agree. Uh, and, 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 you know, what fun to be able to still be talking about it 50 years later without, uh, you know, we, there weren't 18 cameras uh, on the game and, and instant replay and all of that. So the officials made their decision in the moment, and uh, I think just about everybody agrees it was the greatest play ever except for maybe a – <laughs> 53 men from the Raiders organization. December 23rd, 1972. We're talking with Rich DeRosiers from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. By the way, in that game alone, December 23rd, 1972, for the Raiders, Blanda Brown, Bolitnikoff Brown, Al Davis, Jim Otto, John Madden, Art Shell, Ken Stabler, Gene Upshaw, Ron Wolf, all Hall of Famers. For the Steelers, Mel Blunt, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Green, Jack Ham, Franco Harris, Chuck Knoll, Bill Nunn, Art Rooney, Dan Rooney, all in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's that game that? from 1972. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, Rich, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on next week, it's a holiday week. A lot of families, people back in the area, it's playoff time, football's on the tip of the tongues, want to go back to the Hall of Fame. Give us an update on what they can expect to see. Seems like you're adding something new every month or so at the Hall of Fame, Rich. You know, one of the things uh, that, that fans will be able to see is some of the um, very interesting and special memorabilia we have from the high school careers of some of the players. And, and uh, we created some special showcases to coincide with the Ohio high school uh, playoff games of a couple weekends ago. And uh, those cases were so popular. We're, we're keeping them up for a while just to see some letterman's uh, jackets and some ribbons and pins and, and other things that Hall of Famers won long before their pro careers, and so that's that's been uh, fun for fans to see. And and uh, Ray, we're open. We will be open every day except Christmas Day. It's one of the two days a year that we're not open. So uh, Sunday and Christmas Day, uh, our Hall of Fame family will be enjoying the holiday with their families. But other than that, nine to five every other day. 